thinking about your career prospects? You sound like someone with big ambitions for the future. Just the kind of person we're looking for. Deloitte's early careers programs are designed to help you develop your skills, make an impact and discover your potential. If you want to work on meaningful global projects and learn from the best in the business, take a look at our apprenticeship and graduate programs. Find out more and apply at deloitte.co.uk forward slash early careers, where your bright future awaits. Preparing for exams can be challenging. Getting all that information to stick while still looking after your mental and physical health at a stressful time. We'll explore lots of effective revision techniques to help you get through it in this episode of Future You. Hello and welcome to Future You, the podcast from Graduate Careers Experts Prospects. We're here to help you achieve your career goals. My name is Dan Mason, and in this episode, we're going to hear lots of valuable tips and tricks for getting exam revision just right from our guest, Angela Newton, Library Learning Advisor at the University of Leeds. From note-taking and revision timetables through to maintaining your well-being and choosing your ideal work environment, Angela has plenty of advice that will hopefully make the process as smooth as possible for you. Don't forget to subscribe to Future You in your podcast app, and head to prospects.ac.uk for more on this topic. In the meantime, here's Angela. Hi, I'm Angela Newton. I'm a learning advisor with the University of Leeds. Fantastic, and thanks for joining us today uh, for this episode. Uh, before we get started on, on the topic of revision and exam preparation, could you just tell us a bit about uh, what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, So basically, my job is to help students to develop their academic skills. So it could be um, that they're wanting to improve their writing. Um, It could be something about giving a presentation. Um, It might be just understanding the feedback that they've received for an assignment. So it's quite wide ranging, really. Okay, that's great. So let's let's get into today's topic, which is all about uh, exam preparation, as I say, and, and revision. What's the first thing that you would advise uh, students do when it comes to revising? What's, what's the first step in this process? So I think the first thing to do is take a deep breath. <laughs> make <laughs> yeah. sure that you're not feeling too overwhelmed by the whole thing because you can make it easier for yourself. I think the first sort of time you think, oh gosh, I've got all this stuff to do. How am I going to fit it in? It can feel like quite a big deal, but mm. there are things that you can do to make it easier. So I think the first thing that you really should be doing is finding out all the practical information. Where do you need to be? What's going to happen? When is it going to be? What's the format? And that can be quite reassuring because at least then you know what you're driving at and you know what's going to be happening. So getting that practical information, I think, is pretty important quite soon on. Um, And then I think probably one of the most useful things to do is to kind of audit how you feel about the course that you've been working on. So, you know, are there areas that you feel more confident in? Are there things that you think actually, you know, I sat sat in that course and I didn't feel massively confident about the content? Um, So I think I think doing a bit of a self audit can be very helpful because then that can help you to make some decisions about you know, what do you want to really focus on? Because 
you're not going to be assessed usually on every single thing that's been covered by the course. Um, so one thing you can do is find a list of the topics that have been covered. Go through that. Maybe do like a traffic light system, you know, which ones do you feel really confident with? Which ones do you think you need to build your knowledge of? Um, yeah, so I think I think those sort of first steps can be really helpful. And then also thinking, well, actually, what have I already been assessed on? Mm. So if you are having, um, uh, you know, if your course is kind of part exam assessed, part coursework, for example, you know, what's the coursework that you've already done? So maybe maybe you don't need to worry too much about that topic because you've already kind of covered it in an assessment. And we, we talk primarily about revision in that run-up to the exam period. Yeah. Um, would you say that there's stuff that you should be doing throughout the year so that that preparation when it comes to that crunch moment is easier? Oh, you can definitely do so much, actually. It's a really good point. Mm. Um, you know, the, the the most important thing kind of throughout the year, you know, there's, there's a sort of cycle of an academic year, isn't there? And, you know, the autumn, we're sort of all adjusting to, you know, the new course and, and new requirements and so on. But I think it's incredibly useful to make sure that, I know it sounds really obvious, the notes that you make need to be useful. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can scribble a lot of notes, you know, some people prefer to use a laptop for their note making, other people will handwrite them. Whatever you do, don't try and write down everything that's being said to you, hmm. because then you're just like a like a scribe, basically, and you're not really passing that information through your brain. So you've got to make sort of summary notes, and that's quite a skill. Hmm. Um, and you don't get good at it, you know, the first few times. So it is it is kind of a a process really I think learning to make really good notes so the notes that you make they need to be something that you can return to and I don't think that you should just keep those notes as a kind of archive if that makes sense I think it's better if you can go back to them you know maybe once a month even mm. what did I do this month what have I learned? Where have I been to? How is that adding to my knowledge? So maybe, you know, you could do it week by week or month by month. Go back to the notes that you've made during that time period. And rather than just reading them and then putting them away, you can add to them. So actually, what connects with this, with, you know, ideas that I've come across previously? Have I done any extra reading that I can also kind of add to these notes? How can you make them dynamic? So you've got to keep it fresh. I don't believe in just keeping notes as a sort of archive. Hmm. You know, they're not a historic thing. You should be keeping them fresh and keeping them alive. And I think by adding to them when you go back through them, that can really help you to keep connected with the topic. And it can highlight where actually you might be struggling a little bit and again that's useful because it means you can do something about that so it's um it's a system that you can use which is all is called um spaced repetition okay so this is a this is a way of not exactly revising but a way of uh kind of going back to what you've done recently so that it keeps it in your brain and as you develop and build your knowledge, 
that means that you are more likely to connect those different things together. So for me, although people often think, well, revision is just going back through the notes that I've written or mm. maybe reading a, a summary text, I actually think that you can um, create your own continual revision system. And, you know, if you if you look, which I have at uh, spaced repetition literature, there is evidence that says, you know, this is this is a useful technique. This is a good thing to do. So for me, I think think about the kind of notes that you make, maybe chat to friends about how they make notes, uh, you know, sharing ideas about how to um, uh, make them can be brilliant because you can pick up some fantastic ideas from other people. Um, and then once you've got a system that you enjoy using and you think works for you, don't just file them away. Get them out regularly. Keep yeah. working on them because they, they can they can be uh, enormously helpful. Um, there, there is a technique of note making that uh, is quite popular called Cornell note making. Um, so Cornell, like the university, I think that's where it originally originated. Mm. Um, so Cornell notes are quite a distinctive looking thing. So if you Google Cornell notes, you'll find these at first sight, slightly odd looking templates. So you've got a piece of paper, either, you know, digital or an actual piece of paper divided into sections with lines. But what it allows you to do is to kind of, um, how can I say it, sort of like zone your ideas. And um, Cornell note making, although some people don't connect with it particularly well, I think for people who do, they find that format really, really useful. So if you've not heard of that before or looked at it, I'd suggest giving that a quick Google, look for some images of Cornell notes and just give it a try. Um, so, so kind of to go back to your question, there's a lot you can do throughout the year, I think, yeah. that, that can make the whole thing less daunting. Mm, that's really interesting. It's like it's it's finding the right way of making those notes that works for you, isn't it? It's... Yeah, yeah. It's funny as well because um, if you go into any lecture theatre and you know sit at the back, and you know those raked lecture theatres where you know the, the you're looking downwards almost towards yeah, yeah. the um, the lecturer. If you if you look across the spectrum of people in the room, they're all doing something different. You know, there's people there with little coloured pens and they're quite enjoying themselves and <laughs> yeah. other people bashing away at their keyboards. So everybody has a different way of doing things, but it's it's all good. And um, another thing that people use a lot in revision is looking at past exam papers. Yeah. What do you think about that as a, as a technique? How useful is that? How important is that? And, and, and what's the, the best way of making use of that resource? Yeah, past exam papers are... They can be brilliant, but they can also be quite disheartening, I think. So you've mm. got to make sure that you're using them, you know, in, in, in the right way kind of thing. So I think uh, the wrong way to use past exam papers is to immediately start trying them out as soon as you've begun your revision period. Mm. And for me, that could be quite a dispiriting experience because you need to do the prep before you try out you know, a, a dress rehearsal. It's a bit like, you know, going into the theatre, putting on your costume and then not actually being sure what the stage directions are. So, mm. you know, that's it's not a good not a good place to start. 
On the other hand, they can be incredibly useful towards the end of your revision period. So personally, that's when I would recommend people start to look at them a bit more seriously because you need all that time to understand and sort out the knowledge that you are um, dealing with, that you've been revising. And I think the other thing is that people kind of can get quite hung up on whether they uh, get them or not. So using them towards the end of the revision period, I think, is a much, much better idea. And you don't have to do it under timed conditions. Hmm. Be a bit more relaxed about it. You know, um, first few times, if you're going to do it a few times, then just just give yourself some time to get used to the format. Look at how the questions might be worded, the language, the phrasing, so that you are accustomed to what this is going to feel like and how it's going to read before you have a go at answering. Um, and the other thing that that sometimes catches people out is that they might be using past papers for exams which were a different format. Mm. So it's really important to make sure that you check the format for this time around um, and exactly how that exam is going to work because if you use a past paper that's a completely different format you're going to be really thrown when you get in the exam room and you thought you were answering three essay questions and hey it's a multiple choice paper so you don't want to be in that position um, yeah so so that that's what i would say about past exam papers okay let's let's um just for a moment step away from the uh, the sort of practicalities and and the techniques uh, we'll come we'll come back to those but let's talk for a second about mental health and well-being and looking after yourself during revision season because that's that's really important isn't it and and yeah. not only for for yourself and and staying well but actually for performing well in the exams yeah, yeah, it it really is. It's it's such a good point. It's a really important thing to think about. Um, you know, I I primarily work in um, in libraries here at University of Leeds, and during exam time, boy, do those seats fill up quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And there are people stopping in overnight because we've got twenty four hour opening, yeah. like a lot of universities do now. And I, you know, I come in and I think, oh gosh. I worry about you guys. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> feel yeah. like a bit of a mum coming in, <laughs> thinking, "I hope you're eating properly." Um, but it, it, it's true, you know. There's a, there, there can be a lot of stress, and also I think people can kind of there's, there can be a kind of sense of collective stress. You know, you can walk into the building and think, "Oh gosh," you know. I can see I can see everybody's having a bit of a moment here. Um, but I think you've got to be aware of of yourself. You know. And, and, and how um, how you take care of yourself normally and do a bit more of the self-care when you're feeling stressed. And I think this is just true of, of life generally, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody says the same things about, you know, keep hydrated and eat properly and take breaks. But I think actually I would say things like lean into your guilty pleasures. You know, if you love an old episode of Star Trek, make that your treat for the end of the day, you know? Um, or, I mean, don't go crazy, but, you know, having a favourite thing for dinner, just a simple thing, or going for a bit of a walk. Here at Leeds, we're quite lucky. We have this amazing pond 
sounds a bit random, but we have this really <laughs> amazing pond and it's full of fish. And at this time of year, we've got ducks and they're getting ready to do their little duck egg hatching thing. Mm. And there's a there's another big, it's like a heron that sits around. And actually just walking down there for 10 minutes can be really calming. And, you know, you're just watching the fish and looking at the ducklings and it's, you know, it's just, just nice. So just doing something, you know, even a free thing like that um, can be wonderful um, and can be really, really helpful just to give yourself a different perspective. Um, so I, I think do the things that normally make you feel better if you're having a bit of a rubbish time. Obviously, make sure that you get enough sleep and all those normal things. But the other thing I'd say is check in with your friends to see how they're doing, because presumably people that you share a house with or whatever, they're going to be going through the same thing. They're going to be doing um, exams, too. And I think it's quite hard to say to someone, I'm having a rubbish time if nobody asks you. And I think if you ask other people, how are you doing? You know, are you feeling OK at the minute? then, you know, they're more likely to reciprocate if they notice that you're not doing so well. So I think all like a bit of self-awareness, being aware of your friends, having a chat when you're not feeling great. All of those things can be helpful. Plus, don't forget that at universities, I mean, universities are basically full of people who want to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that that's that's like my job, basically, is just to help you. So, uh, you know, and there are hundreds of people like me at universities. You might not know who they are, but they might be able to just unlock something that really does kind of work for you. So don't be afraid to ask, you know, asking for help is a great thing to do because, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to help. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can overstate the importance of, of that side of things, can we really? The, uh, the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, getting back more into the, the details, um, what about uh, revision plans, revision timetables and, and making them realistic? Do you have any tips for going about that process? Because I know a lot of people do like to put in place a timetable or a plan. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, again, I think um, I think there's, there's, people can be quite, um, they can get quite into creating the timetable. <laughs> And spend a lot of time colour coding it. <laughs> yes, spend more time on making the timetable than on the revision. Yes, yeah, sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love a stationery shop like anybody else, and the highlighter <laughs> yeah. pens, and you know, all that stuff. But I, I think one of the key things is to be flexible with it. You know, you're going to have days where everything goes to plan, and you feel great, and you think, oh, this is, you know, I've got a got real confidence about this thing I've been revising and other days where just you know you just have one of those days where it's just not working but again I think you've got to, you've got to kind of yes you've got to be flexible and think okay today wasn't great let's think about picking that one up a bit later change your revision timetable but also you've got to play to your strengths um so in, in terms of sort of being realistic think about when you work best for example and I know not everybody has like a huge amount of choice. So I know lots of there are lots of um, uh, students who have caring responsibilities, you know, kids yeah. or relatives or whatever. And you may not have a choice about when you work. But if you know that you are an evening person or a morning person, if you can try and play to those strengths a bit, 
you know i'm not suggesting you stay up till one in the morning because i really don't think that's a good idea but if you find that your brain sort of starts to get more um engaged after six o'clock then if you can do some evening sessions then that that's probably a good thing for you to do um same with the environment that you're in again not everybody has a choice but for some people they have really strong feelings about that environment um so yeah i think there's there's a lot that you can do that there's there's a technique that um quite a lot of people use called the pomodoro method i don't know if you've heard of that i haven't no yeah it's interesting this so um this this is like a revision uh method that relies on you taking breaks which sounds like a good idea (laughs) but it enforces break taking so it's it's called pomodoro because it's based on those um tomato those old-fashioned tomato kitchen timers you know the ones that go bird when the minutes are up so they're normally on a 25 minute um uh, timer so the pomodoro method says uh if you uh revise for 25 minutes you then take a break so you have to focus for 25 minutes but then you take five minutes off another 25 minutes take 10 minutes off and you repeat that cycle four times so you've done four 25 minute blocks in one pomodoro Um, and that means that you've had dedicated focus time but you've also had time to just get up and have a stretch pop to the loo get a drink whatever so that is quite a useful um, thing to do if you're somebody who's finding it hard to stick to a rigid timetable so it gives you that bit of variety and the, the, the other way of making sure that you're not getting too bored, because that's a risk, isn't it, really, with revision is, oh, I've been doing the same thing for days. I don't mm, think I'm getting yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's to make sure that you mix it up. So don't just spend a week on, I don't know, French grammar. Maybe do half a day on French grammar, but then in the afternoon, do something that maybe you're a bit more excited about. I'm not saying French grammar is not exciting. <laughs> I'm sure that for sure. some people, <laughs> that's their thing. <laughs> for, you know. But anyway, so, so whatever it is, just make sure that you mix it up. So if you've got something that's not very uh, sexy for you, do something that's a bit more exciting to you know, reward yourself almost. So... Yeah, I think timetables can be they can be really helpful. Make sure you tick off what you've done, but don't like beat yourself up if if it's not going brilliantly. Just be flexible with it. And something you touched on there was um, was thinking about the environment you're revising in. Um, yeah. Have you got any more um, thoughts on that? I, I guess this is another of those things that's going to be you know whatever works for you sort of thing but are are there any specifics that you can you can talk about um environment's an interesting one um i've read quite a bit about this actually um obviously lots of people like to come to libraries and these days libraries are very different from what they used to be so most university libraries and and actually public libraries to be honest have different zones for different purposes so it used to be, you know, in the old days, you'd go in, be very quiet. You couldn't make any noise at all. You know, if you were lucky, you were allowed to take a pen. <laughs> you might have to leave your bag at the entrance. But now we've got chatty spaces. 
we've got silent spaces, we've got comfy chairs, we've got, I don't, you, you know, the, the list is kind of endless. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the same for public libraries, actually. They're, they're also a good option if you fancy being somewhere different. Here in Leeds, we have an amazing central library, which is architecturally just knocks it out of the park. And people find that going somewhere slightly different can just give them a different feeling about working. Um, other people prefer to just be at home in their own environment. You know, you don't have to even get out of your pyjamas. You know, you can just, you know, sit in your duvet and do it. So for some people, um, you know, they will they will make a very definite choice. Um, I would suggest that you do your revision away from your relaxation spaces, because if the two get too muddled up, then I don't think that that's sufficient, um, sufficiently different for you to really focus. I think you need to be, you need to protect your relaxation space personally. Um, so yeah, I would suggest that. I think also the fact is that some people really like to work with other people. Even if you're not sort of chatting to one another, some people choose to come to coffee shops and libraries and public spaces because there's a little bit of background buzz. So for some people, that's a definite choice that they want to make. And they might be with a specific friend or they might just want to have the environment of other people around them. And I know during the pandemic, there was a big trend for students, not, not every student, but particularly during lockdowns when we were all so isolated for people to just be online with each other not chatting but working you know virtually alongside one another so they mm. could see one another but they weren't in the same room and that sort of companionship was quite motivating i think for a lot of people um so that that i saw a lot of i heard a lot of people talking about it um and, and and going back to sound, actually, sound is absolutely fascinating in terms of concentration. I don't know how you feel, Dan, about music. Can you can you concentrate if there's music or not? No, not at all. It completely all. just doesn't work for you. Yeah, I'm the same. And actually, in surveys, because I've, I've read a few papers about this, the population is actually almost divided completely in half. So about half of people love listening to music while they work. And about half of people absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no middle point, is there? There's I don't no one think who's there like, is. Yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, music with lyrics is a particular nightmare. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I end up just, you know, yes, Kate Bush, you're running up that hill again. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> um, so the, the the music or not music is so divisive. So that's why some people love a coffee shop with a soundtrack, you know, a bit of, bit of soft jazz in the background and other yeah. people are just like, no, not at all. Um, I've met students who swear by things like noise cancelling headphones, mm. absolutely mm. love them and find that that really works for them, but they are pretty expensive. Um, there are, however, some alternatives. So if you, if you really want absolute silence, that is actually quite a difficult um, thing to get in 2023. Absolute silence is almost unheard of. There's always something. I'm somebody who prefers silence, 
but I have learned that there are some other things that are quite helpful. So there are various different types of sound that you can just get online. So there are loads of apps with sounds. So you've probably seen those ones that say, oh, let me play these forest sounds for you as you go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. There are loads of those, but you can get them in, wait for it, pink, brown and white noise. <laughs> and they're all slightly different. And if you try them out, you might find that one of them just clicks for you. Um, the author Zadie Smith talks about this, um, uh, has talked about this recently. I think she works, I think she lives in New York and she was a very much kind of, I can only write in cafes. That's the only place I can write in. And then somebody told her about pink noise. Now she's not bothering with the cafes. She just sticks her headphones on and listens to that. And then she's away, you know. Um, and then the the uh, the author Ian Rankin, he's he's a music guy. He ha he plays the same albums on loop oh. <laughs> for the whole time that he's writing a novel. And he has like a he has like a definite annual cycle. He produces produces a novel a year. And this is how he does it. So he has a particular set of vinyl that he plays in his office, and that's it. That's how he gets his work done. That sounds dreadful, but each to their own, I guess. It, it's fascinating. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so the, the sounds around you are really important. I remember, and this this is crazy, actually, I, there's a couple of things. I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with this sound thing, as you can tell. <laughs> um, I've got... I've got um, uh, quite a busy office and sometimes if I need to concentrate I'll stick a pair of headphones on and play wave noises and that I find really helpful um, you know just nice nice soft not big crashing waves just nice soft waves it's not music it's not lyrics yeah. it's just there I think for me that would start sending me to sleep which is the other of those. <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of nice and splashy I quite like that um yeah, so 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 that I think is um is is a big part of you know our psychology, um, our environment and how we, you know how we actually sort of manage to focus. Um, it is really interesting. You know, athletes talk about being in the zone, don't they? Hmm. Uh, you know, if if they're you know if you're going to have a good race, you've got to be in the zone. And I do think that that there's a lot you can do. To get yourself in the zone to um to to, to concentrate um and, and noise and environment is all part of that definitely well so much fantastic advice there are there any final revision tips that you want to throw in there before we finish oh my or... goodness um yeah you know i i think i think one of my main things is you know i've a, a lot of the things that we've talked about today are things that i've just learned from students just by having conversations about this. So talk to your friends. You know, everybody's got experience of revising for something, whether it's your driving theory test or, uh, you know, whatever it might happen to be. Everybody's got some experience of that. So share and be willing to listen and try different things because you can't improve unless you, unless you do that, I think. Brilliant. Well... Angela, thanks so much for your time today. That's all been fantastic advice. Thanks very much. No worries. It's been a joy. See you later. 
Thanks very much to Angela. As I said at the end there, so many useful tips and techniques and hopefully some of those help you through any revision that you have coming up. That's it for this episode. To hear more Future You, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and get all the study and careers advice you need at prospects.ac.uk. You can get in touch with comments, feedback or suggestions. Email podcast at prospects.ac.uk. Thanks very much for listening. Good luck with your revision and we'll see you soon. <laughs>